Rangers Nation. It's Alex Plink with Dallas Sports Fanatic, and this is Texas Rangers Fanatic Podcast, Episode 2. Glad you guys are listening in. If you got a chance to listen to Episode 1, I really appreciate it. If this is the first episode you're listening to, uh, I really appreciate that as well. I just appreciate you taking the time to listen for a few minutes or for the entire time, whatever it is. Hope you guys are doing well and safe out there. Uh, a lot to talk about today. Uh, two Texas Rangers tested positive for COVID so far. Nothing else has happened in regards to testing. There's been some testing controversy going on with one of those uh, players that tested positive, Joey Gallo. Rangers schedule came out on Monday. That I want to dive into quite a bit. And uh, we got some funny stuff to go over, including uh, a Mike Fires lookalike mask that the Oakland Athletics put out there. <laughs> earlier today on Wednesday, July 8th, and some Rangers making an impact during summer camp, and we are still calling this summer camp. I don't care what anybody else says. This is summer camp, not spring training 2.0, because we are not in spring, and if you live in the Dallas area, the weather does not feel like spring because it ain't spring. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. Uh, So the Rangers did get a clearance from Ronald Guzman uh, so he was cleared to play. Uh, today he had a really successful first at-bat. Uh, he had like a dozen pitch at-bat. He did end up recording it out, but it was a very good sign, especially considering that he wasn't able to participate in workouts at Globe Life Field up until today since camp opened back on the 1st. Uh, they're still waiting on a couple of players. Uh, Sheridan Apostle and Anderson Tejeda, there's been uh, – some delay going on uh, as far as uh, testing done with the Dominican Republic. And then, of course, Brett Martin testing positive on Friday, this past Friday. And then the whole fiasco with Joey Gallo. And uh, I, I've never taken a COVID test, so I don't know which one is set to be more reliable, if it's the saliva test or the nasal test. Uh, I would figure the saliva test would be more of an indication, but again, I'm not a doctor, but I do find it kind of odd that a player has taken a test four times, two one way and two the other way. And we're just going to call the nasal test um, option A and then the saliva test option B. I find it really odd that option A, you've got a negative twice. Option B, you've had a positive twice. They've been taken on different days, and they've been taken in different order. It's not like the first two tests were both saliva, and they were both positive, and the next two are negative or vice versa. It's literally been saliva, nasal, saliva, nasal. Unfortunately, the way things are going with Joey Gallo, next one I would think – and again, I'm, I'm no doctor, but I, I think the league is going to want to do a saliva test just because he has failed those two. They both came up positive. But again, it makes you wonder how accurate they really are. And, you know, even he on Twitter responded on Joey Gallo did, which I find and again, it's real interesting. I found it real interesting on there. So responding to Willie, who responded to Evan Grant. And again, pretty much what we're all thinking about. How accurate are those tests really? 
I mean, I know nothing can really be 100% accurate. And then it makes you wonder, are those negative tests accurate? And has each player gone through the same protocol? Have they all taken the saliva test or have some of them taken the uh, nasal test and then wound up negative and they're cleared to play? Is it just because certain players like Joey Gallo, they've just done the uh, saliva test and that's why he can't, if he had done the nasal test to start off with, he probably would be on the field playing because he would have gotten a negative and he would have been cleared to play as soon as we started. And then you have the A's, Angels, and Astros earlier this week having all problems with delayed testing. The Astros, I, I think it was Saturday. The, the entire team didn't get tested because there's such a delay. And yeah, you know, this is such a new thing and you've got to give a little bit of time. And this is why I think rushing into things wasn't the best way to go. I understand that Major League Baseball wanted to get things going. Again, you know, you could have solved this situation by working things out and compromising with MLBPA and MLB, and you would maybe have more time to think about how are we going to get these tests accurate, number one, and number two, without any delays. So could this have been avoidable? Yeah, it could. It most certainly could. So it'll... So still no clear yet from Joey Gallo, still no word whether or not he tested positive or negative, what the style is. I'm sure that's going to be coming in within the next few days. Uh, so the Rangers finished their fifth inter-squad game today. Uh, some notable, another two-hit game for Isaiah Kunner-Falafa. I mean, Isaiah is just raking. He's six for 11 this spring and, and this summer. I'm going to make that mistake a whole bunch of times. He is six for 11 during summer camp with a double RBI walk and run and a stolen base. Uh, today was more so situational hitting. So it was a simulated game, but they did have situational. Uh, I know starting off with Jonathan Hernandez on the mound, they tried it out in extra inning format or runner at second, nobody out. You want to get used to that with the new rules going on. So I like that. And you're going to see a lot of more situational hitting especially next week, because after next week, you've got your exhibition game playing on the 21st against the Rockies. And then you have another exhibition game on the 22nd before opening day starts on the 24th. Yes, the Texas Rangers will have opening day at Globe Life Fields against the Colorado Rockies. Kind of interesting. Everybody talking about, oh, Nolan Arenado uh, back in December. Well, he'd be on the field for the Rangers opening day. Everybody thought Anthony Rendon. Oh, Rendon's going to open up at Club Life Field. Not for the Rangers, though, for the Angels. Nolan Arenado, another story. Could be somebody the Rangers were looking at in December and could open up Globe Life Field at third base. Well, he's going to do that, but for the Colorado Rockies. And now you got Todd Frazier, who's starting in there, who I like. I, th I think Todd Frazier's going to have a good year. So the Rangers will start on the 24th against the Rockies. And we're going to go into the schedule a little bit. A um, couple of other notables that I've noticed, some other guys who have had some really good summer camps. Uh, Adolis Garcia had another hit today who had a massive homer the other day on Monday, uh, launched one to the visitor's bullpen. Uh, another 
extra base hit for Scott Heineman today, who absolutely obliterated a baseball to left field uh, on Monday. So two guys that were on the bubble come spring training are really making their presence known. Greg Bird had another hit today, so he's on a two-game inter-squad hitting streak. Uh, and then as far as the pitching, uh, Ian Jabot had an inning pitch today at two strikeouts, two innings pitched in five inter-squad games, and Jabot has retired five of the six hitters on strikeouts. So he's delivering. So give it up for Ian Jabot. Let's go to the Rangers' schedule. And I am pulling that up right now. So the Rangers will start on the 24th. Uh, I did have a piece I put out on Monday on some things to look at when you're looking at the Rangers' schedule. And one thing I didn't realize on this, when you look at it, the Rangers have 20 interleague games. Their first eight are interleague games. So the 20 they will play in 60 games in about 65, 66 days, I believe it's 66 days, the first eight are going to come against the National League West. Three against the Rockies, two against the Diamondbacks, and three at San Francisco. Another thing that I didn't mention on there is when you, you split the season in half. And again, this is all assuming we're going to get through 60 games. It, we're still taking it just day by day. But when you split down the middle, the first 30 games and the last 30 games, it's about even with home road splits. The Rangers will play more home games than road games in their first 30. It's 16 home to 14 road, which actually, when you look at it, looks like they play a whole lot more home games in that span than they do road, but it's about even. But here's the thing that is a little bit alarming when you look at the second half. So I didn't name the first half. You have The Rangers have six off days throughout the entire 2020 season. Four of those six off days will come in the first 30 games. So yikes. Then you have six against the Rockies four against the Padres, six against Seattle, three of those at home, three of those on the road. You have your three-game series at San Francisco. You do have a three-game series at Oakland, your only trip to Oakland, and then three at home against the A's, three games at home against the Angels, and two at home against Arizona. So the hard part is, you make your only Bay Area visits in that first 30 games. And then you make one of three West Coast trips in that span at San Diego and Seattle. They do make a trip to, to Denver. But the key is the final 30 games. 10 of those 30 games are going to come against the Houston Astros. I don't know why it was set up this way, but the Rangers 10 games against Houston will all come in the month of September. All of them. They start off the month with three at Houston. Then they go to Houston again, two weeks later, and then finish out the season with a four gamer against the Astros. And that will be Houston's only visit to Globe Life Field. Also in that span, 
You have four games at Seattle, a Friday through Monday, ranging for Labor Day. Seven against the Angels, who look to be a better club than they were last year. Three against the Dodgers. Four against Oakland, albeit at home, but still four against the A's. And then two at Arizona. That is a tough, tough, tough stretch. So I feel like the Rangers have to come out of the gate strong. They can't slump out of the gates. Now, again, it's a very different season because when you look at Houston or the Angels or the Dodgers coming out and there's word from the Dodgers that Kenley Jansen hasn't reported to camp yet, but he hasn't opted out. So certain teams are losing some pretty big players. Who knows what's going to happen with Mike Trout? Mike Trout may not play by the time September comes and you have those seven games against the Angels. What's going to happen with Arizona? What's going to happen with Houston? So when you look at it, there could, there's a lot of factors that are involved, even more factors evolved this year than in previous years because players won't play because they're injured in a normal year. This year, players may opt out because of safety precautions. You don't get that in previous years. You don't get that in future years. You're not going to see that in 2021 going forward unless something crazy, another pandemic happens. But yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of tough stretches and there's a lot of mileage. In case you don't know, the Rangers do travel more than any other team in baseball which makes me wonder because I, I was a little curious on how the division alignment is set. And so I, I kind of had created a map that I hadn't published out yet on how the East alignment, central alignment and the West alignment come. And when you look at the closeness as far as longitude goes, because that's how the divisions are aligned for the East, the central and the West. The Rangers and the Royals, the Royals are in the thick of the line as far as the Central goes, between the Central and the West, because Kansas City and Houston are not that far apart when it comes to longitude. Kansas City and Texas, as far as longitude goes, is about two and a half degree differential, Arlington being two and a half degrees further west than Kansas City is. So it makes you wonder, baseball last year, 2019, was thinking about expansions, and things definitely may change now with the pandemic. But if baseball were to add two more teams, I would love to see a realignment, sort of the same way the NFL does. Four division, or you have eight total divisions with four teams. Two leagues, four divisions in each league, four teams in each division. And that would push Texas out of the American League West. That would push Houston out of the American League West. I think it, it's especially on a year like this, where the West, where teams like the Rangers and the Astros are solely focusing on playing the West, that creates a disadvantage, especially for road games. Now, the Astros may have gotten... I guess a less favorable schedule than the Rangers did because basically the Astros schedule is reversed of what the Rangers have. 
I think the one difference is the, the major difference is that um, the Astros play more games against Arizona and they have the two and two series against Colorado. So they play the Diamondbacks more than they do the Rockies. But when it comes to teams like San Francisco, Los Angeles, Dodgers, instead of going to San Francisco like Texas is, San Francisco come to Houston, Dodgers will host the Astros in September instead of Los Angeles heading over to Houston. And the Rangers got lucky because out of the 10 games, seven games against the A's are at Globe Life Field. Three are at Oakland. Astros have that reversed. The reason the Rangers travel more than Houston does this year is because the Rangers have two trips to Seattle. Houston only has one. That's, that's the main reason. Seattle and Houston, I mean, you're talking about nearly one side, one half side of the country to the other. That's why the Rangers have more mileage. But I would say the Astros out of the West have the more difficult schedule. Sorry, but it's, it's true. And it's funny because talking to Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn is, I feel like a, a real funny guy. He doesn't, he, he's one of those guys that I feel like could participate in. If you remember in MTV produced like a show for like three seasons, they call it Yo Mama. It was basically like going back and forth with Yo Mama jokes. Or if he can rap, which I don't know if he can, Nick Cannon's wild and out. If he's a good rapper, he'd be good on that show. But Lance Lynn, best quote I've heard all week. And so he was asked about the Rangers travels this year. And he says, what can you do when you're in the West and you're not in the West? Pause, pause, pause. Beautiful. I love that. I absolutely love that. And we're going to leave it here with probably the best uh, post I saw today on Wednesday, July 8th. As mentioned earlier, Cut 4 came out with some pictures, the Oakland Athletics did, of Sean Manaya with a Mike Fires mask. And number one, it's creepy. And number two, it's funny. If you recall Mike Fires with the ridiculous facial hair he sported last September against the Rangers, he did other things, but today is not laundry day. We're not going to throw out any dirty laundry. But the mask itself on the pictures, they are creepy. But they were funny too. So is imitation to Cicero's form of flattery? I don't know, but it's funny as hell. And with that, Thank you so much for listening to Texas Rangers Fanatic Podcast, uh, episode two. You can go to DallasSportsFanatic.com for more Rangers news. I, uh, it'll be a busy summer camp, I'll tell you that. I have updates throughout. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at aplinktx or on Instagram at aplinktex. Thank you so much for listening. And, everybody, stay safe and stay healthy.